In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C's families, the group chat, tubby press and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. It is Monday, so we'll get right to right to our weekend headlines. Elise, I'm going to start with you. Would you describe your weekend in a news headline? Okay, my my headline. I'm going for like a like a TMZ people page six type headline. So my headline is TBT alert. Original friend group cast reunites for Brooklyn surprise party. Listeners, the visual impact of this headline is quite compelling. I will say. <laughs> Elaborate, please. Um, I'm first of all for for our listeners. I'm dressed in a very intense way for this recording because I had an audition immediately prior to this where I had to audition to be a mean bartender. So I do look like a mean bartender. Yeah. Um, and you look, my headline, this is the harshest I've ever seen you look. Yeah, I'm wearing like very dark lipstick. Uh, the cat eyes long. I have my turtleneck and gold chain combo. Your Cuban so I do look, link chain. Yeah, I'm look. I'm giving r- the rock. Um, <laughs> But, You're uh, giving Elizabeth Holmes and witness protection. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, Elizabeth she's dyed Holmes her hair. when when she splits her cell with Jen Shaw because mm-hmm. they might be in the same jail. That's so incredible. Only be so um, lucky. Yeah, my headline is basically I went to a friend's surprise party this weekend, which I don't. I I was realizing like I don't think I'd ever surprise partied anyone before. I've never been surprised partied. I don't think I'd ever like done one so that it sounds was like a crime when you say it like that. i know it is something that i've is never done been to surprised you. one I've out of five women surprised is party. surprise partied yeah um <laughs> what i was gonna say you know maybe i'm reading this wrong but there are some people who like are too type a for i don't know like let me step back there was this girl a few years ago this viral video of a guy who made a Pinterest wedding, like as a Pinterest surprise wedding for this one girl based on her Pinterest page. Absolutely and not. like my friend was like, I will literally kill my fiance. Like mm-hmm. he proposed to her and had the wedding the same day from oh, her Pinterest no. page. And it's like some people don't want to be su- surprised. Definitely not. So, Did this person no. seem happy with the surprise? Yes, this and this was actually a big topic of discussion at the surprise party. Um, It was like a lot of just my friends from when I really first moved to New York. So Mm -hmm. that was really nice to like get together and see everyone and hang out again. You know, since like since the pandemic, it's like you don't get together all the time anymore. So that was really nice. But yeah, big topic at the surprise party is like who is a good candidate for a surprise party? And it has to be someone who like doesn't care about their birthday that much 
because someone who does care about their birthday that much, number one, is probably just going to plan something for their own birthday. Or number two is just going to feel really sad that everyone's ignoring their birthday. And like you have to kind of you have to find someone who's like a good mix of like does enjoy socializing, but doesn't like need a birthday party in their Mm -hmm. life. And this person, I think, was that good mix. But we were talking at the party about a friend who like, okay, so they're mom's friend just had a surprise 70th birthday and now their mom is being like man i sure do wish someone would throw me a (laughs) surprise 70th birthday and then it's like you're in this weird place of like the person seems really sad that they think the surprise 70th birthday isn't happening but like but but it's like but you want a surprise so you don't know until the day if it's happening another friend was talking about how like he was going to surprise his mom for her like 60th birthday and come home and be like, surprise, I'm here. But as the day was approaching, like his mom was just getting really sad that no one was coming home for her birthday. <laughs> and oh, it's yeah. like, so you, have to, you have to tolerate the person potentially being really sad and feeling bad. And so it's a delicate balance. But I do think that the person who we surprised was like a perfectly surprisable person. My college, when, you know, famous... My college literally is like on a hill in fucking Southern California near Laguna Beach. There was nothing to do. There was only at most there would be 450 people on campus. And that's like at most because half of this half of like half of the junior classes on study abroad, mandatory study abroad. So for people's birthdays, we would do crazy. We would literally kidnap people. We'd put a pillowcase over there. It was so fucking stupid. But a tradition is when it's someone's birthday, we put a pillowcase over them, push them in a car, drive them around campus, and then end up in a random living room. So it's a a surprise party. Okay. I know. I know. So I don't know. Surprises are crazy. All right, Millie. Millie, your turn for your headline. My headline is, this would be like a cut article. Mm -hmm. And it would just be, men love drama. And I this like. is because I watched Banishes of Inishering this weekend. I love that movie. <laughs> and I'm it. like, these motherfuckers love drama. The only the only like rational well, I want to say not all the women were rational, mm-hmm. but the sister was the most rational one. This guy's like, if you don't stop talking to me, I'm going to cut off my fingers. And like, it was just so much drama. Colin Farrell, so much drama. So, so much drama. My, and then, you know, I had a family, a family member call me with drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it was just drama. Men love Men drama. drama. I don't know. All so weekend. that was my weekend. It was like, these motherfuckers love drama they love drama they really really do Venice's of in and i feel like would win an oscar if it wasn't competing against tar or everything everywhere if it was a green book it came if it came out the year of green book it would win but i'm sorry it's gonna go to tar everything mm-hmm. everywhere all at once i listened to a podcast about the oscars by like it was like npr put it out i think it's their pop culture happy hour people and they were talking about how because of the how the oscars like the ballots are ranked. It's like a preferential choice ballot. So if you're everyone, true, I always forget that choice. You can end up winning. And one person argued that 
the younger voters are all going to vote everything everywhere all at once. The older voters will vote for the Fablemans. But if everyone puts Banshees at number two, <laughs> then mm-hmm. Banshees could end up winning it because it was everyone's it was high up on everyone's ballot even if it wasn't their number one which is an argument for ranked choice voting yeah (laughs) unless it takes it away from everything everywhere at once and then suddenly we will all turn against it mine is pretty a pretty common headline i think for many of us which is dumb bitch switches meds without considering impact on alcohol consumption every couple (laughs) years i have to switch my ssri i don't know if you guys you might have this journey melly but just eventually it's like it's like when you just have like a hyperfixation meal and eventually it disgusts you just over time my neurotransmitters are like no i'm not eating this absolutely not Mm -hmm. and so i gotta switch it up and that's fine i don't really notice much of a difference except some of them really don't let you drink i just Oh. I only drink on the weekends now, and I had like I had three strong drinks on Saturday, which is a lot. It's a lot. Like I was gonna be hungover anyway, but I had I had a migraine where you were like, I have to go to the hospital. This is what they mean when you're having an aneurysm. <laughs> when people are like the worst pain you've ever had in your head. And I was like, This is this is it. So um yeah, if you're gonna do that, if you gotta do a little switcheroo, just remember that they don't all they don't all let you let you imbibe the way that you used to. Oh so sure. now I know that. Yeah, yeah. Important PSA. Important or sometimes, PSA. or they have various impacts. Like you might not get like a migraine or hungover, but you can get like it'll take you longer to get drunk, and then you get like too drunk. It's the journey, and you got to make sure that you're you're looking into that. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. 
That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's with code FEVERDREAM20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Alrighty, now unfortunately on to our news segment. You heard it here second. Okay, so we we do have to start today, of course, by discussing mm-hmm. the breakup on everyone in America's minds. We saw the headlines, we know. George and Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> not that one, not that one. Okay, here's I have in my I have in my uh in my outline Vanderpump rules acknowledgement because mm. we we do not, the three of us. This is a gap for us. None of us watch Vanderpump Rules. I know, Elise, you are not the biggest Bravo person, but me and Millie are, but don't mm-hmm. watch No. I get, di- I get um, like, discouraged by, I feel, I feel like I can't jump into these franchises that have such a long yeah. history. And trying to, asking my Vanderpump Rules friends about what is going on and hearing everything has confirmed to me that there's... <laughs> too much in the world for me to like enter it now which is kind of how I feel I was able to do Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because I was like oh this is a new franchise I can start at the beginning but with the other ones I feel overwhelmed by the long histories between I would say you can do Miami and you should do Miami because there's there's three Cubans on there I am aware Potomac isn't the 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 library is still only about seven seasons on Potomac but yes, we know that Tom and Ariana have broken up. Dylan Hafer, Dylan Hafer at Betches has done more reporting and longer investigative nights than I have ever done working at the Betches Sup. Just with the drama, he's the king of this. And um, I had been like toying with starting Vanderpump Rules from the beginning because I felt like I needed something like that. And I'm like working on some like couple like easy side hustles that I just like need something in the background. And so yeah, this definitely. Um, I, I watched almost all of season two yesterday. I'd watched one in real time, but I'm gonna I'm gonna catch right up. But really, congratulations to legacy viewers. Yes, this, when you get this kind of payoff, even though I am yes. not one, I do have the FOMO, and you deserve this. We know the community is reeling, but you also mm-hmm. deserve this. You deserve this. I, that's what I was gonna say. I feel like, you know, once in a while. Being a loyal fan to a franchise like this pays off in a really long con kind of way. And now everyone who's watched the beginning and the inception of this and all of that, because again, I don't watch Vanderpump Rules. I watched all the fucking recaps on TikTok and now I get it. And I'm like, man, I can see like how this pays off if you're like. I don't know. Well, it's I'm just, in season two yeah. and Tom and Ariana are about to like get together and I'm like, they're together that whole time. Okay. This is, this is going to be good. I'm going to get on that journey, but we're thinking of you and the coverage will be at elsewhere on the Betches universe to add a little bit more context to the other <laughs> breakup, George and Kellyanne Conway, the two posted a joint statement. Cause we are in fact actually talking about that, that they are in the final stages of an amicable divorce. In case you didn't know, this was a bizarre marriage because the whole time Kellyanne Conway worked as an advisor for Trump, her husband George was eviscerating the former president on Twitter. But George Conway is really remembered as being like big at dragging Trump on Twitter. And as I was writing these notes, I just did remember that like people made full careers from messing with Trump on Twitter. And just like how much Twitter has fallen already since Elon took over is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's bad on there. I am like really debating deleting it and just creating like a dummy account so that I can find tweet of the day for sup. Mine's hacked. I can't get into it. I haven't been really? able to get into it for two really? weeks. Nobody fuck. There's no. I don't think anyone has the job. They deleted my my avatar. I think they're probably just sending DMs. But I can't get in. I've okay, I've tried yeah. everything. Oh I don't God. think I'm ever getting back don't in there. Don't buy a laptop from Amanda on <laughs> no. Twitter, guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't give Amanda money for crypto on Twitter. That is not her. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got the thing where they were like, you have to remove two-step verification because now only people who pay for the weird paid for Twitter can get it. So finally, I just removed it because I was like, I'm sick of getting this notification. And then as soon as I got the notification, I got another notification that was like, you really should use two-step verification. I was like, what is like, this Shit. is a garbage website. That's exactly what happened. And I got hacked like literally like two hours it later. Also, genuinely, like Twitter actually really used to be helpful to me in the newsletter because they used to have the like moments section and I could kind of go through and they were actually really good roundups of like a bunch of sources on a topic, what people were saying, like it was actually really helpful. And now that's completely gone. And the news section is just hashtags that are trending. And it's all just like weird right wing shit that I'm not putting in the newsletter. And it's just completely like its usefulness has devolved a lot for me personally. And so I do feel that my time on the website is waning, but I just haven't been able to like actually do it. Well, last week there was a viral tweet in black Twitter about these, this gay couple who said that unfortunately they found out that they're actually half brothers, but they're not going to break. <laughs> and, it was, and it was trending and everyone kept talking about it. Some like, I think it might be a joke. Like people are saying it's a joke, but even like the energy that dark to even joke about that. I can't get off Twitter. It's too good. I know. I do feel like every, every time I try to get out, they pull me back in with some shit like that where I'm like, okay, but it is funny to be able to like watch shit go down on Twitter. It is actually like a loss of, not to use like Elon's parlance, but a public square that now the website sucks and isn't good. And actually, Crooked Media did an episode this weekend that I yes. sent to you, Millie. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened where, to it. Where, about Black Twitter and like specifically what that space has meant to people. It's on their offline podcast mm-hmm. and it was really, really good. And like the guy who they're interviewing is like, it actually is a huge loss of a space if it does go down so it is kind of it is kind of a bummer that elon bought it on a whim and decided to tank it for no reason yeah asshole um i also am like i love that we started talking about kellyanne conway and george conway's divorce and we actually just talked about twitter because we missed that and love that more because honestly kellyanne conway yeah i know they're both fucking terrible people uh, George Conway's a dick and Kellyanne is, you know, she worked for Trump. So already off rip bad. And there's some weird abuse things with her daughter. Like, yeah, I remember when her daughter was like really going off on TikTok about their home life being and, horrible. Well, she would like record. She would actually do like sleuth recording of her mom. And it was not cool the way that Kellyanne was talking about 
her fucking teenage daughter. And somehow I think George was like better about it or like trying to, you know, it just seemed very sloppy. They're two shitty people. Like it also like at, at the end of the day, even though Donald Trump is a terrible person, you're it's fucked up to talk shit about your wife's boss consistently online. Like you're like, it just shows that you don't give a fuck about your wife's career. You don't, you know, I don't know, yeah, but like, I'm like, well, it's also like to make your whole platform be, I hate my wife's boss mm -hmm. is very, but also it's like, how much can you hate him? How much can you actually stand against him? If, half the income in your home is coming from this administration. Like, are you divesting yourself from Kellyanne's money here? Because at the end of the day, it's like, okay, it's nice that you don't like Donald Trump, but like Trump money is keeping you happy and rich in your home. So it's just like, I never really bought him as like an anti-Trump guy. I think they probably are, I mean, for he's married to Kellyanne Conway, so they're both two feckless, craven people. Mm -hmm. And she, at least she uh, does it with her whole chest. Exactly. <laughs> you know but, I mean? Right. That's the thing. I mean, the only reason I brought up this story, that we have no love lost for them, but I just wanted to uh, to bring it's up so Trump's funny. reaction, it's which so was funny. hilarious. Uh, Elise, will you read it? Yes, I would love to read it. How do I get into my Donald Trump? You're fired. Okay. Congratulations to Kellyanne Conway on her divorce from her wacko husband, Mr. Kellyanne Conway. Free at last, she has finally gotten rid of the disgusting albatross around her neck. She is a great person and will now be free to lead the kind of life she deserves. And it will be a great life without the extremely unattractive loser by her side. I mean, <laughs> extremely unattractive loser. It's a serve. I'm sorry. He's good at this. It's unfortunate. I don't like it, but he's good at this. Please, if I get divorced, post something like this about me. I know that Danny is not an extremely unattractive loser, but please post this if if we go through, even, even as they say, an amicable divorce. And I will do the same for all of you. That's This is really what all of Ariana Maddox's friends should be posting right now, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that hot albatross. <laughs> no, man. That God, Trump is so... It sucks, man. If, but again, this is why it's upsetting. If he just spent his life on the sidelines spewing dumb shit, he would be fine. But because he fucking had to be president, a million people died from COVID. You know what I mean? It's just like fucked yeah, up. Yeah, he unleashed like untold horrors of hatred. And like he was like the funnel for just some absolutely horrible shit, which we're actually going to get touch on today. But like... If he wasn't that, he'd be really funny. He'd and be calling, really funny. Calling him a disgusting albatross and an extremely unattractive loser is really funny. I mean, it's like the real housewife, except in a much more dangerous version, who's like the absolute worst, most evil one. But like her confessionals are giving like she she definitely has like a gay writer writing some, yeah, some things the thing for her. Is, Trump is the gay writer. And that and, and that's <laughs> right. the thing, you know, Trump is the gay writer. He's. Trump is the I mean, gay writer. Again, I think Rule about his his message to Elon Musk or his post about Elon Musk once a day from Truth Social, and mm -hmm. the fact that Trump Trump is not.
not even he didn't even go back to Twitter. Like, God, he's so. <laughs> but you can't even. Well, he didn't go back to Twitter, but he is going to CPAC. So we're going to touch in a little bit about this, which you also heard second. The Conservative Political Action Conference actually has had kind of a waning influence in the last year after embracing the extreme far right flank and even inviting international fascists to speak. They had um the Victor Orban last year. And most recently also, they kind of fell out of favor because the chair was sued for sexual misconduct based in actions while working on the Herschel Walker campaign. I feel like you got a really sexual misconduct to get kicked out of the Herschel Walker campaign. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. According to CPAC, um, but this was interesting, on Friday, according to CPAC, they're, they're not letting anyone through. They say they removed white supremacist anti-Semite Nick Fuentes from the premises after he tried to enter. And the chair, the same sexual misconduct on the Herschel Walker campaign guy, said that Fuentes isn't allowed in because hateful racist rhetoric and actions are not consistent with the mission of CPAC, which I think begs the question, <laughs> what type of rhetoric was at CPAC? Well, certainly nothing hateful about calling for transgenderism to be eradicated from public life, which was a point that was made. Certainly not Don Jr. unleashing a disgusting ableist invective against Senator John Fetterman and most Americans with disabilities saying that they should just be bad guys, that that's what Fetterman should be doing. And certainly not Donald J. Trump himself, who ensured supporters that he was their chance at retribution <laughs> in a very chilling statement. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior, I am your justice, and for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution, I am your retribution. Not going to let this happen. It's one of those things where it's like, from, from anyone else, I'd like, love this. Like, if some, like, influencer was like, I am your warrior, I am your justice, I'd be like, yes, Ashley, please help me. But it's Donald Trump. So... You know, it's interesting because the most discourse I've seen around CPAC is like, wow, how far it has fallen since Ronald Reagan unveiled his brand of conservatism in 1974. But it's like, no, this is the natural conclusion. Yeah. Of course, this is where it is. Exactly. I mean, well, it, I think what's interesting is that, like, it's fallen in the sense that major people don't go. Like, Ron DeSantis went to some donor thing in Palm Beach and didn't even go. And, like, Mike Pence didn't go, which is cute. He thinks he's a candidate. It's it's adorable that he thinks <laughs> anyone wants him to be the president, but he does, and he didn't go. <laughs> Karen, I'm not going to CPAC. Okay, <laughs> okay. <honey. laughs> okay. That's fine. Drink your milk. But, <laughs> Drink your milk. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> like, but it, the the speech, the like, I am your retribution quote, does seem like something like Batman would say. Yeah. Like you can hear it in the like, <laughs> yeah. I am your voice. I am your warrior. I am your justice. I will. Yeah. Uh, for anyone in so Gotham. So you hear it Batman. I hear it from my Peloton instructor. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's also true. But nothing from a presidential candidate. No, it's it's very like it's like the his original um, inauguration speech. It's very like fire and brimstone, American, American carnage. carnage, crazy, whatever. But I mean, I think the main and most disturbing thing is just like the number of attacks on trans people that were made. Like it was constantly being harped on about trans people, the quote unquote gender ideology, this guy who said transgenderism should be eradicated and then tried to go on Twitter and be like, I didn't say trans people should be eradicated. I said transgenderism. And I'm like, okay, oh. how do you, 
How do you eradicate <laughs> one? How do you eradicate that without eradicating the other? Yeah. Like that's that's really really I don't think scary. trans people should die. I just think anyone who transitions. Well, saying that you can get rid of racism it. by getting rid of everybody who's not white or the oppressed race like no well, that's not really and then well, and there you have stephen miller's policy yeah. <laughs> immigration policy i will also say but he, ex- I, he said exactly what he meant yeah well i will say too um that it's so interesting we talk all the time like i think one way to frame conservatism is to try to understand what they mean or what they're saying. So it's like, they really view them. I mean, this like, I'm your justice, I'm your warrior for wrong and betrayed. All I'm thinking is like, in what ways has conservative people been wronged and betrayed in this country? And is it because again, because to me, it seems like they're what, you know, what, but I feel like again, the wrong and betrayalness is, perhaps what we talk about and by we i mean what i bring up every time we have this thing of like the slight the ever so slight shift in power and consciousness of white maleness in this country to be a little bit more inclusive and a little bit and again it's this betrayal and wrong and they're the victims and we need to make america great again and shift back and all this shit and that's all i can think about when i'm when i'm reading and seeing what donald trump is saying at this conservative conference because i'm just like what other ways are these people victims of anything yeah it's it's, really it's really just uh, again, like they're harping on the trans thing because they see, they feel personally victimized by the fact that trans people can exist a little more safely in our current society. I'm not even saying that they can exist safely because they're no. still the victims of a lot of violence. There's all of these bills targeting them and trans kids, the drag drag queens, all of this stuff, like trans people actually aren't safe in this country. But the fact that they're slightly safer to live publicly and that there is a shift in the ability for a trans person to actually transition and not be completely shunted to the outskirts of society on a level where like they literally cannot work, cannot get a job, cannot exist properly, etc. They feel victimized by that I mean, they're constantly in this in CPAC going on about wokeism, da da da, and it's like, what is that? What is that to them? What it means mm-hmm. is like literally considering anyone's identity with regard to anything. They mm-hmm. feel victimized mm-hmm. by that. Exactly, and that's what that's what's disturbing about this is that there, you know, and we talk about it all the time. And again, we talk about, I bring up, there are actually things that people are victims of. We have a healthcare system that is tied to employment that no other developed country has. We have insane, insane housing issues in this country with how the prices of housing and, and food prices and all this stuff. There are actual things that People, you can argue that a lot of people are victim of, but that's not what they're talking about. It's because, again, Donald Trump and all these elite conservatives don't have those problems. They don't feel the impact. So they, what do they feel the impact of? Wokeness and trans, you know, it's just like so transparent. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the way that the conservative movement and conservatives function, especially since Ronald Reagan, is that like they make the they associate things with a certain amount of privilege and they, the, the idea that other people getting even close to that privilege is they have to go and be this hateful because transgender people have too much rights. But like Elise said, like, I think the, like very few black trans women make it to the age of 35. Mm. This is, this is not a, this is not a scourge. This is not something that they need to be talking about, but this is really the only, the only thing that they have um, as part of their, as part of their platform. Finally, today, we have Herman O.K. Not me. Goat's milk latte drinking. M&M's will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character isn't unappealing. Avocado toast eating insiders only. That does not lend credibility to your argument. It makes you look mean. A slightly different version today. Because obviously, as Millie mentioned, men are are dramatic. Men are popping off at CPAC. We have our men okay today that I regret to say relates to President Joe Biden. He has... You know, this behavior, there's a spectrum of men behaving badly. I want to say that before you come at me and compare this to some of our previous our men. Okay, because this will demonstrate that there's clearly a spectrum. But, you know, some of Biden's most important allies are not happy with him. I don't want to get too detailed here because I'll get it wrong and embarrass myself to our D.C. listeners, which I've probably done before. And I don't want to, like, say details that are wrong. because This is kind of confusing to me. But the Washington City Council basically recently updated its criminal code, its crime code, in a way that included some lower maximum sentences for a number of offenses. It also had some electoral forms such as allowing non-citizens the right to vote. The mayor vetoed that because she said that it sent the wrong message about crime. A lot of people feel some type of way about their mayor, uh, Muriel Bowser in D.C. And since D.C. doesn't govern itself, the Constitution gives Congress that authority. The House had to actually approve this. The House of Representatives, the U.S. House of Representatives has to approve this. That's run by Republicans, as we regrettably know, who voted Thursday to overturn the city council's changes to its criminal code. Biden said on Friday that he would not veto the Republican House's actions. So he's like, the Republicans vetoed it. I agree with them. I am not going to let the D.C. council govern themselves. He said in a tweet that he supported home rule, but didn't support some of what the council put forward, which is just saying two totally separate things. You can't say both of those things. He specifically didn't like... um, sentences around carjacking was very specific. And even the mayor, even though she wanted to veto the legislation, she she wanted Biden to veto, this is so confusing, veto the Republicans. She didn't want him to do this because she was like, home rule is ultimately most important. If our council decided to do this, that should be respected. But the president is saying, no, I'm not going to interfere here. So a lot of House Democrats are really upset about this, not just because he's undoing the actions of his own party in the city where they all live, but because they thought they were all on the same page about this. Uh, They might not have said openly that they supported these changes to the criminal code uh, had they not known that Biden was going to come out against it. He they worry that he's made them look soft on crime. Another element here is about 45 percent of D.C.'s population is black. It's definitely a has a larger black population than most cities. And those, those are voters. So it's just undoing the will of black voters, which is not great. So why do you think he did this? Do you think this is getting like Biden just personally not being up to date on criminal justice reform? Do you think this is a political move to get ahead of 2024? Did he just get this wrong personally? Is this man okay? I think that Democrats in general, now and historically, have been scared shitless on the issue of crime. They do not know 
how to address it other than to cave to Republican conservative thought. They are very scared of being seen as weak on crime. That's how we got all of these horrible crime bills out of the Clinton administration, which Joe Biden was a part of creating. Um, And I think that Lori Lightfoot losing in Chicago, which was result of a lot of things like she a lot of people were not happy another thing we didn't talk about here because i was just like there's got to be so much chicago context that like we might not know but yeah yeah like she people on the left were not happy with Lori light either but one of the overarching narratives about why she lost in chicago is that she was not seen as dealing with a rise in crime there and that a lot of mayors in general have seen have faced crime-related issues at the ballot box. People say that the reason why New York lost so many seats was crime-related. So Democrats are very... They do not know how to stake out their own position on this. And, like, it's always this tepid, like, uh, we should have some police reform, but not too much, and... Not this, and I am tough on crime, and da-da-da. And so I think that this is a reflection of that. Yeah. I I kind of feel like Biden, again, this is why people voted for him, is like, because he's going to try to work with Republicans as much as he can, even if Democrats don't. You know what I mean? Because... Again, you know, a criticism of Biden, why I personally didn't vote for Biden in the primaries was because of his old school philosophy of like, back in my day, Republicans and Democrats used to share a beer and all that shit. And like, he's dying to get back to that. So he's willing to make Democrat, you know, again, in a way where a Republican would never do this. Even if they personally disagreed, they would never step out of line to fucking make a point to try to make concessions with Democrats. They could never recover. But fucking always Democrats feel the need to do this. And especially, again, this is the criticism when people like, Ultimately, I voted for Biden. Many people voted for Biden. But this kind of behavior is what gets people, uh, progressive voters, apprehensive of voting for Biden. And it's everything that Elise said, too. It's this um, fear of looking soft on crime. It's all this stuff, you know. You don't want to upset. There are, you know many, many factors that contribute to increases in crime and all of that. And frankly, those are very complicated things. Like they're very complicated problems. They're very complicated solutions. And the easiest solution seems to be to throw money at the problem, give cops more power, give cops more money, and don't do anything that would change crime in a, you know, change these points of view in a big way. I mean, you know, again, like at its core, like this is what the criticism is. It's like, there's no innovative thinking. There's no way to like really transform things. It's to keep things status quo, you know, and whether it's no to to Republicans. And I mean, it's a really unfortunate thing, you know, because again, this is, this is showing like the, you know, the, you know, the fractures of our party, which is like, 
a, a you know, just a Republican would never do like make Democrats look dumb and bad. And now the result will probably be that any like because this was a fairly conservative reform. You know, it wasn't even like that big of a deal. It wasn't that big, sweet, you know, sweeping yeah. or anything. And as we're talking, I just feel like mainstream Democrats, like we wouldn't be talking about it on the step if Biden did what the party, I, I'm not sure, maybe it would have become bigger, but more people I feel like might find out about this, about Biden getting out of step with the party and not even because of this. And also it's like for all of the reasons we've talked about for addressing criminal reform. It's just like, you can't do that for any other city. <laughs> so, so it's like, why don't you trust that the city council, as much as any other city council, it's just like a very strange, it's like the only time, like, the, it's just a very, it's obviously an upsetting dynamic. And the fact that it's crime in a majority, in, in a, a heavily black city, like just adds to it so much. And it just, it seems like, I don't know, I feel like he didn't get the political consulting on this. He should have. Yeah, I mean, it definitely brings up the D.C. statehood argument because it's like it's actually not OK. Appalling, for yeah. Yeah. For Cong- like these people elected legislators to create laws. They created those laws. This system worked as it would in any local place. And now mm-hmm. like the federal government's going to step in and basically tell them no to score political points on certain issues. I mean, maybe one of the things. Because if Biden did, like, veto it, wouldn't that be his first veto? So maybe he was a little worried that it would get, like, a lot of... Like, it probably would have gotten a lot of press because it was, like, his first veto or whatever. So maybe he just didn't want to go to bat for this, for that reason. There's no political win, probably. but But it's also, like... Yeah, I mean, you should stand for people being able to govern themselves and uh dc statehood really should be a thing i don't know how we get there i have no idea how we get there a bunch more senators (laughs) and i think that's um i think that is also probably a a fear too is like as you're speaking like yeah, it probably would have gotten attention. And again, the headlines that Republicans yeah, would twist and even, you know, even the media in general um, would say like Biden soft on crime and all this. And it would be like a talking point for 2024, which, you know, like I understand that strategic They would have move. taken a crime. They would have taken the next crime jack- carjacking that happened and put exactly. it in their next ad saying but, Biden did this. But again... Me personally, and what I would find, like, I mean, my kind of overall criticism and what we talk about is that why are we letting Republicans fucking set the standard and set the conversation and all this stuff? And like, I'd rather I'd rather have a president who doesn't give a shit and does the right thing every time. But exactly. Perfectly said. Yeah. Yeah. That is our show for today. We will be back Thursday and I will have fixed my mic by then. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> People always DM like, Amanda, I just I just want to make sure you know. And I, I know we were having some mic problems today, but they will be fixed. And that is our show until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. We're good. And this is the Bitches of Podcast. Bye. 
That Just Said podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.